Off the Ball, with thanks to Ford, with summer bonuses for all. Join the winning side with our 152 sales event. Ford, driving expectations even further. I'm just here so I won't get fined. Gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! It's got to be... One of the dumbest calls offensively in Super Bowl history. Are you kidding me? Hard hit into right. Back at the wall. To the Big puppy. The grand slam. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Johnny Mahoney, once of this parish near Ballstar, he is with us. Hello. Hi there, Joe. How are you, buddy? Good. I know you were in Boston on the junket to beat all junkets with the other three idiots from this parish over the weekend. I object to the word junket. Okay. We were doing work, mm-hmm. hard work. Grand. Also research for this slot. Okay. I'm bringing you information that sure. I discovered in America. Okay. Now, this information was discovered having a beer during a six-hour football binge but anyway, it is still information that is relevant to the listeners of this program. What was the most insightful piece of information that you learned? Well, I learned that the Philadelphia Eagles, the one of the most intriguing and most fancy teams, I think, in the NFL this season, uh-huh. are a total mess. I don't think you need to, to go to Boston to learn that. I mean, we, we can get off the junker thing, but yeah. if that's actually what you're bringing back from Boston, okay. then, then one, you went to the wrong city. All right, well, let me give you some other information. Okay. Americans love football. <laughs> oh, man. And, okay. I, and I didn't point, think... Point I, proven. It was not a junket. This is important, good stuff. No, I don't think I truly know. appreciated it. We were staying in a hotel, the Marriott in Copley Square in Boston, beautiful downtown Boston. Yeah. And on the second floor of that hotel was a wonderful sports bar called Champions. Right. And there was about 40 TVs in this in this bar of yeah. all kinds. Yeah. And I just, wanted, I just wanted you to come back with me to Sunday afternoon when there's about like seven NFL games all finishing at around four in the afternoon. Yeah. And on maybe seven different TVs, seven different games to watch, all beautiful, incredible, dramatic. And people from Jacksonville, mm-hmm. Houston, yeah, San Diego, all gathered, all Americans spread around. Football has brought them together, and they're all in this one room. Yeah. And they're all loving it. It's just... Uh, the uh, The American... Sports bar is an amazing thing. I mean, I would like to have one yeah. here. Like a, I mean, 40 televisions. Yeah, I mean, you just think, I mean, the technology, I think you you have to just sit sit back and marvel at. There was this one massive cinema screen. It was about 40 TVs in a square grid mm. projecting one game. And you just sort of craned your neck and looked up. And you often, like, my brain would just turn off and that I would time would just pass by. And I'd be like, what have I been doing or thinking about? But I've, I'm just like, been staring at this at these men running really fast. It's it's uh it's it was psychedelic. Well I'm glad you enjoyed your junket. But let's talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Philadelphia Eagles are interesting because their coach really, Chip Kelly. Yeah, um, he he is what it, you don't see the word genius bandied about too much in the NFL. There's it's not a it's not a thinking man's game. It's you know it's a it's a it's a sport for brilliant athletes and rugged men. Yeah. The word genius, you know, there's only maybe like one or two people that come to mind, Bill Belichick being one. But Chip Kelly came from the college ranks and every article you read about him is Chip Kelly 
overlooked genius or Chip Kelly, complicated genius. There's something about him. He's mm-hmm. an innovator. Mm-hmm. He has revolutionized offensive football. Uh, he came from. He used to coach the Oregon, the Oregon Ducks in in the college ranks. Yeah, brought a team that was nobody. Brought them to the. Uh, Made them a powerhouse in college football. Yeah. And the Philadelphia Eagles in 2013 took a punt on him, and they said, we're going to bring this guy to the NFL and see what he can do. Yeah. College coaches often fail miserably when they come to the pros. Sure. But Chip was different. He, he arrived in 2013, turns a team that's 4-12 and 12 into a playoff team. Last season, 10-6 and 6 again. They're a serious team. So the owner of the Eagles decides, hey, look, Chip, you're, you've done so well. Your methods are so uh, are so interesting. I'm going to give you the keys to the franchise. You can pick anybody you want. You can bring in whatever players. You make all the decisions. He became essentially the director of football. Exactly. Okay. And everyone was intrigued to see what was going to happen. Yeah. And two games into the year, it's been a total unmitigated disaster. 0 for 2. 0 for 2 and terrible losses. Probably the most anticipated game in the NFL calendar last week, the Cowboys and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Philadelphia just didn't show up. Okay, I'm intrigued. Let's bring in Mark Seidfeldt, Soldfight, who's written two books about Chip Kelly. You're there, Mark? Yes, I am. Thanks for having me on. Okay, excuse my pronunciation of your name, which was not overly difficult no, to pronounce. No, you got it right the second time. <laughs> That's the important one. You've written two books about Chip Kelly. So, like Donnie's outlined there, his, his background, he was at the University of Oregon and came in and worked with Philadelphia Eagles from 2013 and, and did really well in those two seasons. Uh, the genius tag, which he's been attributed with, is that a fair tag? Is, is Chip Kelly that special of mind? He is that special of mind, but he'd be the first to yell at you for using the word genius uh, or you know a, a variety of words like that. He's very fond of saying that he doesn't take, you know, that he steals all of his stuff. He hasn't come up with any of it and he throws out the names of a couple of football pioneers, <clears throat> gridiron pioneers. Like he says, if you weren't in the room with Newt Rockney and Alonzo Amos Stagg, then you didn't invent anything. I think what he really is is a tremendous implementer. And I think it's most useful to think of him in, in, in terms of businesses. Uh, now, I don't know about the radio business, but a lot of businesses, you'll get a manager who gets very excited about some new book like uh, good to be great or something like that he wants to come in and shake up the whole country company and put in these new ideas and nothing ever happens because people have vested interests and everyone has to read the book and then they they have a meeting and they say some words and then they go back to doing things the old way chip kelly is really like the rare business guy who actually takes the idea from the book and puts it into practice Mm. He, he is a ruthless implementer and uh, as soon as he finds something that gives him a small edge, he takes it immediately to its furthest extension and then and then pounds it home. And that that's true whether it's a small offensive advantage or whether it's an organizational principle within the team. Right, okay. Because I remember reading about Chip Kelly not so long ago, there were allegations of racism leveled against him. And then I remember some Black Eagles players came out against those allegations and said, Chip's not a racist. The notion... He isn't, he, uh, the notion, he, he essentially they said, he isn't fair. The thing with Chip is he just doesn't see you as a person, he sees you as a commodity. Uh, the more players get that, the better off they'll be. It doesn't sound like Chip is the greatest people person. I think that can be overstated. I mean, he had a tremendous bond with a lot of players, and you'll see that uh, 
uh, he has signed a number of players, some of whom were free agents and had the choice to sign whoever they wanted, who used to play for him at Oregon and are still with him with Philadelphia in the NFL. Um, he is, uh, and, and I've had this type of boss, he, he's a guy who's very short on time, and he, he's, he's not fond of chit-chat. I think that's probably true of eight out of ten coaches in the National Football League. I mean, they tend to be man's men and a bit brusque. And uh, then I mean, oh, how's the weather? Oh, how's your how's your daughter doing? Ah, she's a lovely little child. Uh, just sparkle in her eyes. Uh, that's not him. Mm. Uh, but I don't I don't think uh, he is. Uh, 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 I, I think it's unfair to say he treats people as a commodity. Race is a super hot issue in Philadelphia, and you're guaranteed to sell some newspapers and get clicks on your website by alleging uh, 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 racism. And there's a an, an announcer for ESPN, which is a big sports network in America, who used to be a, a reporter in Philadelphia. Uh, it was fired for incompetence, but he makes a lot of money as a controversial figure on air for ESPN. And he's the guy who's pretty much promoting the racial issue. And he makes $3 million a year, so it's working for him. But, uh, I mean, I, I in my last book, I quote a number of statistics to just demolish the idea that there's any sort of racism. Um. Mark, can you talk about some of Chip Stranger methods? Is it true, for instance, that he has his players test has excuse me has their urine tested every day? Yes, absolutely. That's a that's an excellent point. He's a firm believer in what he calls sports science, which is just applying the latest developments in exercise physiology and related fields. And yes, they are uh, very ruthless about hydration, uh, and and they have found that uh, dehydration is a, a leading cause of injury, in particular soft tissue injuries, such as hamstring pulls and tears. And if you look statistically, they have had the best record in the league on those types of injury. Mm. Now, this may have uh, led him to a bit of overconfidence because what he did when he took over as general manager was immediately acquire a bunch of talented injured players that other people didn't want to go near thinking that maybe they had the, the magic key to unlock their health, uh, and uh, it's yet to be demonstrated if that's going to work out. Sam Bradford, the quarterback, looked pretty tentative coming off, and uh, Kiko Alonso, the star uh, linebacker, uh, had a partial re-tear of his uh, torn ACL ligament, as the latest word we're hearing in the game on Saturday. So he may have gotten a little ahead of himself on that. But yeah, they uh, they have a number of really elaborate monitoring systems. There's something called an Omega Wave, which records uh, not only like your ECG and heart rate and that sort of thing, but also Omega Brain Waves. It has an algorithm that's supposed to deduce different, supposedly, you know, the amount of oxygen in your bloodstream without invasive uh, monitoring. Uh, they use a, a ton of really elaborate monitors to try to tell if you're pushing yourself too far into a danger zone for an injury or conversely not giving everything you have okay so then finally mark what's gone awry here because he had two very good years and his methods sound innovative and you talk about his brilliant implementation skills but they're over two and there's a sense that chip is losing the players what's going on well, that's an excellent question. The immediate uh, uh, explanation that people could point to is he got rid of two of his uh, starting offensive guards. So you've got the center of your offensive line, and everything starts with the offensive line. And he promoted two guys who were journeyman substitutes, uh, and, and they have not looked tremendous. I think that theory is overstated. A couple of the other 
uh, key blockers on the team who everyone was sure would be stars have played poorly. Uh, a couple of them are older and may just be declining. Uh, but there also seems to be a bit of demoralization. I talked about in my last book, one of uh, Chip Kelly's big things is he's been trying to methodically build uh, a positive culture for this team. He doesn't like people who were, uh, you know, uh, uh, all-night party guys, kind of flashy, cocky types. He likes the hardworking, give everything, have the, the, the perfect, you know, uh, humble, help the team attitude. And he's been, he's had the concept that he could methodically build a culture to give you that intangible edge, it just doesn't seem to be working out. I love the theory. I wanted that to work myself, mm. personally. But yeah, you look at the results, he's lost five of the last six games, including a couple bad teams that the culture is precisely the game when it should have carried you over the top. Okay. Well, Mark, we'll check in with you as the story develops. Thanks so much for being with us. Sure, anytime. Uh, nice talking with you. Thanks. You too. Mark Saltfight. Well done. Saltfight author of two books about Chip Kelly. Okay, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep an eye out for Philadelphia Eagles over the next couple of weeks. Worth noting because the Eagles fans yeah. are the Pretty kind ang- of the angriest, Pretty most angry. prickly bunch. Back in 1968, a few weeks before Christmas, um, Santa Claus was brought out at halftime of an Eagles game. Yeah. And it was a sort of a cold, freezing uh, veteran stadium there in Philly. Snow everywhere. Uh, and Santa Claus was pelted by snowballs. Here is Frank Olivo, then a 19-year-old, discussing his experiences on the day. So they start to boo. You hear the booing. You hear it. I said, well, you know, I understand what the, what's going on here. You know, they're, they're not booing me. They're, they're just booing Santa Claus. They're booing everything. As I was starting to walk back, I saw the snowballs starting to come, and, and, and then I started getting hit with them. I remember watching a fella make a snowball, and throw it at me. And, and I just walked up to him, you know, at the bottom of the wall there, and I said, you're not getting anything for Christmas. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Why did we not talk to that guy for US Sports tonight? Of that was he, the piece. He died recently. Oh. He was not... <laughs> okay. Wasn't available. <laughs> and well, that's, well, that's obviously sad. That's a pity. In, that was an ESPN interview that they did in 2011, and in that right. sort of... A uh, little package. Some journalist said, "You know, Frank Olivo. That's going to be on his obituary. The snow, the, the, the Santa Claus who had snowballs pelted at him." And then I found an obituary of him today, and le- lo and behold, that actually was true. Wow, uh, those Phillies fans, the Eagles. They they don't they they haven't won a Super Bowl ever. They haven't won the NFC, NFL or yeah the football championships since 1960. Mm-hmm. They're an angry, angry wrestler. Ma- imagine real Mayo people on an Ireland Sunday at like four in the morning. Okay. Angry. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, we'll talk to you next week. All right. We have got Jim McGuinness on the way next. Off the ball. Getting inside the game. Sponsored by Ireland's favourite car brand, Ford. Go further.